Welcome to TalentWise, the definitive podcast for CXOs, human resource and learning and development leaders. This show comes to you from thought leaders who talk about human capital development in today's organization. How to engage and empower today's employee to be effective, competitive and relevant. Stay with us for an exciting conversation with our guest and learn how to future-proof your team. I'm your host Shubhanjan, founder of Knowledge Bridge. Our guest today is Shuman Ghosh, co-founder of Inroads Leadership Development, where they equip organizations to achieve great performance and meaningful growth. Going back to that framework that I started off with in the, in Gary Hamel's Creative Economy, he actually also lists the human characteristics that define each of these economies. So he go, he says that when it started with the Industrial Revolution, it was more about obedience and diligence to be able to follow rules and to have a certain amount of responsibility, accountability. The person comes into work, punches in nine hours, and that was good enough. Enter the knowledge economy. One layer got built on top of that, which was knowledge and intellect. Okay, the person not only had to be diligent, but also had to bring in certain skill sets, you know, whether it's Java or, or whatever. Right. Now, these things are enforceable by management. You can you can, uh, you know, demand diligence, you can demand um, obedience. But problem is in the creative economy, what is required, according to Gary Hamill, is initiative, creativity and passion. And unfortunately, these things cannot be demanded. Suman has over two decades of corporate work experience in some of the world's top multinational companies such as Cadbury's, Intel, Philips and PricewaterhouseCoopers. He is the co-author of a book on emotional intelligence, From Command to Empathy, Using EQ in the Age of Disruption, published by HarperCollins. Suman holds an undergraduate degree from Indian Institute of Technology, Kharagpur, and is an MBA from Indian Institute of Management, Bangalore. Now, on to this great episode of TalentWise with Suman Ghosh. Shuman, welcome to TalentWise. I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, you have been looking at industry from various angles and uh, last uh, several years as a uh, consultant, uh, you, you can see the change that is sort of taking over most industries driven by technology. From your vantage point, what do you see is triggering this, creating this change? And where do you see it going? Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you, Shubhanjun, for having me on the show. I'm equally excited to be on the show. The question that you raise is a very pertinent one. And uh, maybe I'll start with a framework which, I, which is very close to my heart. Uh, Gary Hamill, who wrote The Future, among many books, he wrote The Future of Management many years back. He actually came up with a very interesting framework for how the economies are changing. According to him, it started with the industrial economy and then it moved to a knowledge economy. And then we are now moving into a creative economy. And this creative economy is the interesting one. And it's very different from the other two. And the thing is, all this is no longer textbookish. It is happening. It's playing out right in front of our eyes. So, for instance, let's look at in Bangalore, where I'm based out of. If I am looking out, you know, as I'm driving down, I see all these kind of economies coexisting. You have these small manufacturing setups, which are probably producing certain products, maybe garments, 
or some tools. You have the huge uh, IT parks, which are part of the knowledge economy. And then you have these co-working spaces, uh, which are actually housing all these different startups, which is part of the creative economy. Now, interestingly, the startups are, while they're very different, they're operating in a space which is very much was part of the industrial economy. For example, a startup called uh, Airbnb or a OYO room is actually delivering services which directly compete with one of the most traditional businesses, which is the hotel business, and in the process disrupting that business. And this is being this we are seeing witnessing across industries, across different uh, areas. So I think the first thing we need to understand is that organizations need to understand and individuals also that we need to first understand, comprehend and acknowledge the pace of change. I would even say the tsunami of change and it's only going to get faster going forward. So there is a there is a massive amount of change that's about that's already happening and it's going to hit us even more going forward. Where do you think this is uh, this is impacting? So so one part is, of course, you're talking of the creative economy as as separate from the knowledge economy. What kind of changes and what do you think is actually triggering these changes in the environment? Okay, uh, the knowledge economy actually to me is more uh, akin to the industrial economy uh, where the extra thing that you are getting to the table is is intellect, right? So if I'm a Java programmer, I bring in Java programming skills. But the creative economy completely changes the whole thing on its head because now we are talking creativity, we're not talking passion, we're not talking taking initiative, uh, which are the hallmarks of the creative economy. So, you know, let's let's look at a few examples. And again, I would, let's look at certain examples which are, again, very local to us. Sure. Okay. So I gave the example, for instance, of the hotel industry, which we are seeing, wit- witnessing right in front of us. Let's take the other one, which is the car industry, for instance. And this has been the talk of, you know, it's been in the newspapers. Uh, the car industry has been one of the drivers of the Indian economy. Okay. Now, what's been happening is lately the entire industry seems to be in a huge slowdown. In fact, I looked up some statistics. It seems the passenger vehicle sales fell 18% in the first quarter of April to June this year. But what was even more um, shocking was that the June passenger sales, passenger vehicle sales fell by the biggest margin in 18 years. Hmm. Okay, now we have, you know, so this is not something that's in the future. This is happening right now. Now, Disruption is 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 a is a constant, and I think it's only you know the current companies which have seen that, which have worked on that, are the only ones who are going to survive. Now, car industry, for instance, and the disru- disruption can come from many places. For instance, right now there's a huge change from the internal combustion engine to the electric car. Right. To me, that change is probably as big as when the first, uh, you know, the IC engines came up and the horses were driven out of the market. You know, till then the horses ruled, right? So it's a complete disruption. So today, if you are, if I am an automobile manufacturer and I'll, all I have competence is in is um, um, electric is sorry is petrol engines and diesel engines, I'll be out of business. So I think that. For a company, you know, starting point is, of course, to understand the pace of change. Secondly, is to kind of, 
you know, not just be a learning organization, but I think more important is to be an unlearning organization, which also means letting go of the past. You know, as they say, what got you here won't get you there. So it doesn't matter how good we have been in the current technology, but if the technology disrupts, then are we prepared to move into in that direction, which is a completely new direction altogether? I think that's going to be the biggest, um, uh, you know, the, the biggest driver of change and the biggest, um, you know, lever that a company can pull in terms of being continuing to stay relevant in the marketplace. So both uh, the examples of the hotel and the car, the the core of what is getting why it is getting disrupted of course assisted by technology but why it is getting disrupted is because people are getting the hang of the value of the sharing economy right that is right so so both both these instances the sharing economy or or the shift towards the sharing economy the shift from ownership to access becomes a key component and i can understand that downstream suppose people stop buying cars and and thereby the car sales and the entire entire process the way it works uh, changes it also impacts the ancillaries and the and the and the parts manufacturing so it's really going to impact go down on impact manufacturing and so on do you see any core industries like mining or 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 manufacturing standalone manufacturing uh, cement uh, do you see these kind of industries getting impacted as well or do you see that they are sort of insulated at this for the time being? So even the most traditional industries I, th- I think are going to face disruption. Um, and in fact, the reason I took the car industry was, you know, if you look at it, it's it's a fairly, um, you know, well entrenched, well established old economy, you know, if I may use that word economy kind of industry. Right. Mm. So it's it's not a new industry, but there also there is a change. There's a disruption. The reason why the disruption happens could be could be different. Like in the car industry, as you rightly said, it's about it could be a structural issue. Right. It's more about people not wanting to own cars, probably wanting to rent cars. Mm. Uh, but it could be something else. Let's look at look at another example. Let's say the cell phone industry. OK. Mm. Now, cell phone industry, what's happened is. You know, good old days, you know, when the cell phone came, you know, one manufacturer would make one model. Uh, Whatever we have learned in business school in terms of process optimization, economies of scale, all that would be relevant. But enter the VUCA world. What's happening is uh, while making a phone is more a process, but making uh, eight phones or 12 phones in a year becomes more of a creative thing. Right. Because suddenly... um, you know, and the customer requirements are changing. So again, these are fundamental shifts. Like I once I one I one I talked about the technology shifting. I think the other thing that's happening is there's more power in the hands of the consumer. There is more competition out there, which also means there are more models coming out. So customer requirements also changing very rapidly. So suddenly, if I have to make 12 models in a year, I can no longer look at economies of scale. Their other issues will become important. In terms of do I have, do I understand the customer requirements and do I understand it quick enough to be able to come out with the product and beat the competition? Uh, am I am I being innovative in the way I'm pricing it, in the way I'm selling it, in the way I'm manufacturing it? Manufacturing could also become uh, decentralized. For instance, it could have 3D manufacturing. So these technologies are already existing. So short answer to your question is I think even the most mundane industries, um, 
unless there is a big component of um, protection which Indian industries have actually enjoyed for a long time. Uh, those, I think, industries are the only ones who are probably going to survive a bit longer. But if inevitably, everybody will go through disruption, is my point of view. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we will hear Suman talk about how understanding the Gen Z and millennials who make up half the workforce today is key to the future-proofing of our teams. You are listening to a show how-to audio original. Podcasting is one of the fastest-growing content marketing avenues today. We can help you exploit this largely untapped marketing opportunity. We can craft your audio strategy and leverage the wide reach and easy streaming capability that smartphone penetration provides. It is powerful and personal. Talk to us to find out how podcasting can help you build your brand and reach out to target audiences. Welcome back. Before the break, Suman touched upon a key problem with current leadership's lack of understanding of the millennials. Let's listen in how senior leadership needs to adopt a growth mindset, a framework first proposed by Carol Dweck. I, I think that sets the premise for what the, the show is about, that how do you future-proof your team. So in the creative economy, possibly the most important asset that you will have is your human resource, uh, ingenuity. Right. Absolutely. And and that means that this whole disruption, uh, adoption, adaptation, uh, all of that will be hinged upon how well you have taken care of the team or how well you have managed uh, managed your human resource. So so let's let's dive into that and and let's start with the senior management because. One uh, one of the views that I hear when I talk to my guests is that senior management, which is 55, 60 kind of age group, although they see the disruption, like in the past, they are keen to get over the next 10 quarters or 5 quarters that they have left and not bother about this long-term problem that is uh, looking them in the face you are absolutely right i think uh, one of that is one of the probably the biggest challenges in my experience also working with several companies having said that uh, there is a definitely um, you know a need for change there is a willingness to change but then change becomes also very difficult so when it, when it comes to senior leadership i think one thing to fully understand is the pace of change like i talked about earlier and the word that that you know certain things which we thought were cliched like like change is the only constant is no longer cliched is actually very true it's it's right now playing out so for this for the people who have come from a previous generation uh, one is to make way for the new either you renew yourself or you make way for the new and i understand the challenges that's not going to happen overnight but the biggest bigger issue that i see is that it's this thing about not understanding the new generation, the millennials, and branding them in a different way, saying that these guys don't understand, but not understanding that they are our customer base. They are the half the people workforce today is millennials. So across companies, I see there is a big problem in the way the seniors work with the junior people, because it's more than a generation gap, it's the entire way of thinking which is different. Mm. So even if, I, if I'm a senior leader, even if I'm not moving out or paving the way, either I adopt myself, but I need to adopt a growth mindset. And I think growth mindset, there's a lot of talk about right now. And I firmly believe in that. 
in in you know a growth mindset basically the framework which carol dweck talks about having a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset which mm-hmm. again is is it requires a new way of thinking because it requires me to be vulnerable it requires me to have empathy it's not command and control it requires humility it requires authentic leadership so those are all very new things uh, if some if i'm entrenched in the old way of thinking but it's important i do that like building empathy not only for employees but also for customers if i don't build employee for customers how will i even understand what are the trends out there how do i make my products relevant and then actually making that huge shift from managing you know from the traditional sense of the word which is more and again we you know these words actually came from the industrial economy right because industrial economy was about people being in factories it was about productivity it was about getting more out of the same resource um and that has to change that that way of thinking has to change so we really need to move from managing people to really leading people where instead of putting more controls we give them that autonomy uh, we we build up sense of purpose for that company so that people are attracted to work for that organization i think these things are uh, very important but they're also very difficult to do but at the same time that's the only way companies can survive so all of these have to be taken up um at a you know at the senior level uh, to make sure that it becomes uh, you know the entire company embraces a growth mindset and start you know leveraging the workforce that they have in fact i go to the extent saying that you know it's not human resources but human beings mm-hmm. uh, because human resources word came from the industrial revolution industrial economy where humans were just another resource but today i think that's the most critical resource as you as you had started off by saying so really it's about how do i leverage how do i attract hire retain uh, and leverage the workforce that i have that's going to be critical do you see any any example that you can share about management which is actually displaying this agility absolutely so again let me take an example in fact interestingly this morning only i had gone to decathlon the sports goods store and i was wondering as i was entering the store it was a massive store there were hundreds of people inside it was buzzing with activity and here i'm thinking what is what are these guys doing which is so different um where most other retailers are hurting like big time right so in fact and this is not just indian phenomena globally this is happening where uh, retail outlets are under severe pressure from online okay now obviously these guys are doing something different okay which also brings in a very important point that while you know this disruption is inevitable but it is not always a threat it can also be seen as an opportunity this is also the best time for companies to build competitive advantage if they are able to embrace these things today what's happening is it's no longer about a product right it's about product it's about people it's about the planet and and because i was keenly observing what i what i noticed was some in very interesting things let's talk about people right first of all the product of course they have a wide range of products it's all displayed out there uh, very competitive pricing everything is labeled out there in terms of the people the people who are helping out in the aisles they are very knowledgeable okay essentially they have not taken the traditional retail people they actually hire a lot of students you know who are probably helping out who are passionate in that area so for instance mm-hmm. if i'm passionate about cycling i might help out decathlon to sell cycles okay just mm-hmm. imagine the level of interaction they would have with the customer because they come with that passion 
customer experience becomes top notch they have a multi channel experience so they are able to make you know actually make multi channel work so i could probably pick up, you know buy online and then pick it up at the store okay uh they have challenged basic assumptions for instance the big board at the entrance says it's open 365 days a year talking about planet i was walking the aisle and i looked at i found a very nice um a jersey i really liked it then i saw a nice packet in a nice board in front of it which said i'm 100% recycled each of our dry run plus t-shirts is made of polyester yarn from seven recycled plastic bottles Okay. Now I thought that was fascinating because you know we are all f- feeling more and more for the environment given where we are. So when these things happen, these actually strike a chord with the customer. So I just took that as an example, saying that the same people in the same market are not only surviving but thriving because they've changed the rules of the game. So I think companies have a tremendous opportunity, but it imp- but it's important to let go of the past and embrace the future, and you know really leapfrog the competition. wonderful so so if we if we move from there and and sort of look at the middle management and then go down to the junior individual who is sort of wanting to be future ready or future proof whichever you look at it uh, where their current skill set may not be enough to protect their jobs i mean in fact lot of people who have been who have not been able to be in a retrain or relearning mind uh, uh, you know mindset have uh, have already started losing jobs i have been talking to people in the financial industry where there are large chunks of middle tiers of thousands of people who will lose their jobs simply because you know technology will inter uh, will will sort of uh, be the intermediary and 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 remove them from the stuff that they are doing uh, what do you see as the challenge in the middle and the uh, in the junior junior tiers I think again a lot of it goes back to the having the right kind of mindset. I am mm. noticing a lot of entitlement entitlement mindset which is prevailing in the industry. Mm. Uh but once uh if 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 you are a junior or a middle management uh, person uh, the faster you realize the pace of change and the amount of pressure the companies are under uh you'll be in a better position to understand what is the value that you need to bring. going back to that framework that i started off with in the, in gary hamel's creative economy he actually also lists the human characteristics that define each of these economies so he go he says that when it started with the industrial revolution it was more about obedience and diligence to be able to follow rules and to have a certain amount of responsibility accountability the person comes into work punches in 9 hours and that was good enough enter the knowledge economy the one layer got built on top of that which was knowledge and intellect okay the person not only had to be diligent but also had to bring in certain skill sets you know whether it's java or or whatever right now these things are enforceable by management you can you can uh, you know demand diligence you can demand um, obedience but problem is in the creative economy what is required according to gary hamel is initiative creativity and passion and unfortunately these things cannot be demanded mm. so i think the one lesson for middle to junior is that are you bringing initiative creativity and passion to the workplace uh, are we able to shed our entitlement mindset are we here to solve real problems are we being solution oriented are we actually while the management has to make sure that they create an environment 
of you know which is about autonomy and purpose but as a as a individual person am i being purpose driven do i know what my sense of purpose is right am i in the right organization so i think a lot of the responsibility will now fall on those people and um, it's no longer about job descriptions because the things are way too volatile you know mm-hmm. and the last thing you want to hear in, in today is that somebody says that's not my job because nobody knows what the job will be so think of an entrepreneur just like he or she does everything when he starts the company i think today comp- you know employees need to become much more broad based and really do whatever is necessary to take the company to the next level do you see any of these sort of coming like as a as being a part of the new dna in the startups that you are looking at yes and the, in the startups this is already happening um in the sense a lot of people i'm noticing especially students um even though they know that startups may not be so remunerative but the, today a whole bunch of students do not want to enter the traditional large companies they want to work in startups and there is a reason for that because one is startups has a higher sense of purpose and they want to utilize the skill that they have built certain skills right it's also becoming more about skills right so for a student uh, degrees will matter more and more, less and less and that's what the research is showing globally it will really become skill based um oh. so yes to your question people are joining startups because of that and once people join startups uh, it is also a matter of how much value they are adding because people are highly visible they are not you know hidden under layers of management it's a very lean organization typical startup and then everybody has to bring their value and if they don't then they're out and then and they have to find something else or they have to renew themselves so i have a quick question uh, do you differentiate from where you see when you when you say skill set Do, are you differentiating knowledge from skill uh, i mean typically when we say skill it is more like hands on kind of stuff right uh, not strategic so or or we are using the words interchangeably in 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 your view no i think it's going to be both so while it's it's hands on definitely but yes i mean that uh, the 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 learning that people got and to be able to connect the dots going forward um you know the the so called knowledge or wisdom whatever you call it that also becomes very important but the time presses timelines have become very compressed so today, you know if you join a startup within 5 years you're you're supposed to be kind of you know right up there in terms of the the knowledge the data the skills or whatever uh, we don't have that 20 year or a 15 year uh, window that we the previous generation had wonderful so b- before i let you go suman hotels have been disrupted automobile pretty much disrupted the signs are all over what are the other industries which are according to you up for disruption pretty much most industries and i think what's going to happen is even the more uh, set industries um the customer requirements are going to going, going to move from more from functional from utility to design based uh, requirements and that will require again a design mindset you know if you look at the car industry for instance uh, when we start when i started working um, i bought a maruti 800 right so it was really the 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 need of the hour was to get a functional car which got you to from point a to point b um, and which would not break down so there was a certain amount of uh, satisfaction mental satisfaction that fine this at least utility wise this is good today's generation is is going beyond utility 
So today it's more about, you know, when, when I talk to my son, he's in college right now, he was telling me what kind of a car he would like to buy. And I'm noticing that, you know, he's really talking more design uh, as opposed to utility because probably he takes the utility for granted. Okay. And I think one, it will be good for all industries to remember that as, you know, affluence grows, the requirements will change more to um, uh, more towards design uh, rather than pure utility. So, and it does not matter if you look at what's happening in the West, you'll be hard pressed to find normal toaster in the aisle because every toaster is a designer toaster. Right? branded by a certain person right so and that's what is going to happen every product will eventually uh, bring in some element of design um, which we are seeing in other industries for instance when you look at a watch today titan is hiring a whole bunch of designers to create their design for the for their watches car company maruti is actually hiring a whole bunch of designers for their cars so mm -hmm. i think it's going to be the movement away from just pure utility has huge ramifications for every industry. And that's going to be so if one is stuck with utility, uh, they're going to perish. I think that that will be another level of disruption. TalentWise is brought to you by KnowledgeBridge. We produce customized and multilingual visual training content. We have worked on complex processes, products, and skills development for large blue chip brands such as Tata Motors, Mahindra First Choice, Homelane, Epson, Toyota. Citibank and Consul Neowatt serving diverse industries. Talk to us for your next custom content requirement and be pleasantly surprised. Call us on 9902163132. Wonderful. Thank you, Suman, for joining me uh, in TalentWise. I really enjoyed our chat and uh, hopefully we'll talk again in, in a few months when we come back with our uh, second season. Excellent. So, Anjan, thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you. I really enjoyed the talk. Coming up next week. So, I think the style of leadership has evolved a lot thanks to the media. And with everybody having a cell phone, you know, everyone is actually a broadcaster. So, the role of the leader, you know, one of the variables that people never had to think about was uh, the media. Because your communication was really very, very sanitized. It, you were communicating largely internally to the uh, employees. And you sort of, you know, it was episodic. You would connect with them periodically and you sort of, it was one-sided, maybe, you know, the odd question-answer kind of a session and you were done. Uh, and periodically, every quarter, if you're a listed company, you stepped out and spoke to the analysts and you sort of managed that conversation. But today, you know, again, everything has moved from being episodic to being real time. And therefore, you know, uh, whether it's a customer who can sort of really put a question to you on social media or you have an employee who might uh, pose a question to you, which is uncomfortable, whether it's on uh, a social site or any of these job sites. So the ability to do social listening, stay relevant, understand what is happening and be Comfortable saying, I don't know. Today, when you are responding in real time and authenticity matters a whole lot, then I think it's expected that if you really don't know the answer, you would say so and then get back. Thank you for being with us today on TalentWise. We hope we helped you focus on some actionable ideas today. It was certainly enlightening for us. We hope to see you again on our next episode. If you liked what you heard, Subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from and give us a rating while you're at it. 
Thank you in advance. This Show How to Original podcast is produced for KnowledgeBridge, the multilingual visual training platform and custom training content creators by Show How to Audio. Hosted by Shubhanjan Sarkar and produced by Rajiv Aditya. See you next time.